In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know about now, but one of the first things that you were taught as an English major in writer's boot camp at Walford College many years ago was how to use the simple power of contrast to write more persuasively. And I remember so well writing an essay on the contrast of the country life to the city life, which was an interesting choice by me since uh, being uh, for a small town in agricultural South Carolina, I I knew zilch about the city life, other than accompanying my father to the Big Apple for a couple of business trips, I knew zilch about the city life. Nevertheless, I gave it a try and made a C+. My professor uh, said that I obviously pulled too much from Aesop's fable, Country Mouse and City Mouse. But for whatever reason, it's a true story, I've never forgotten the class in which I learned about the simple power of contrast to write more persuasively. And I share that reflection with you this morning because I doubt there has been a writer in all of history, in and out of the Bible, who has more effectively used the power of contrast than the author of Hebrews, the definitive contrast of the old way of looking at Israel's faith and the new way of looking at Israel's faith to convince and to persuade the early Christian Jews to hold fast to the new covenant permeates this epistle, the contrast between the perfect and the imperfect, between the temporary and the permanent, between the law and the gospel. And while there is a lot to be said about these, about the contrast in these verses that we have before us, where the author writes about the earliest days of the old covenant and the terrifying, actually, uh, day of Moses. Even Moses was afraid. And the giving of the law, when the earth shook and even Mount Sinai was moved. And he contrasts those day, days to what he calls Mount Zion the object of God's special love and grace, the assembly of the born again enrolled in heaven. Despite that, there is one particular verse, the great last verse of the epistle that stands out, not only in its metaphorical uniqueness, but in its profound theology. And I'm speaking specifically of verse 24, where he contrasted the voice of two bloods, that were shed. The sprinkled blood of Jesus contrasted to the to the blood, the sprinkled blood of Abel. And this contrast goes all the way back to the fourth chapter of the first book of the Bible. Long story short, Abel, the second son of Adam and Eve, was murdered by his brother Cain. And according to Genesis, this was the first human blood shed by the human race. And the notion of Adam's blood speaking comes from Genesis 4.10, where God said to Cain, The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Abel's blood, which was wickedly shed, cries out for justice and retribution, and a curse is placed on Cain. But the author of Hebrew is saying that this horrifying violence of fratricide, fratricide displaying the depravity and the enormity of sin, is offset and nullified by the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus speaks of redemption instead of condemnation, speaks 
of mercy instead of judgment speaks of blessing instead of cursing. This contrast is extremely impressive and has captured the imagination uh, of Christians down through the centuries. I'd like for you to you I'd like for you to listen for just a moment to the 19th century prose of the first bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, <clears throat> on this great contrast. There lies the murdered, bleeding corpse of his brother Abel. O earth, 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 cover not his blood. This is the first murder that thou hast ever seen, the first blood of a man that was ever that ever stained thy soul. Hark, there is a cry heard in heaven. The angels are astonished and they rise up from their golden seats and they inquire, what cry do I hear? God looketh upon them and he said, it's the cry of blood. A man has been slain by his fellow, a brother by him who came from the bowels of the same self-mother has been murdered in cold blood through malice. And then the cry was heard loud and clear and strong. Revenge, revenge, revenge. And God himself, upstarting from his throne, summoned the culprit to his presence, questioned him, condemned him out of his own mouth, and made him henceforth a fugitive and a vagabond to wander over the face of the earth. And now, beloved, just contrast this with the blood of Jesus, the incarnate Son of God. He hangs upon a tree. He is murdered, murdered by his own brethren. He bleeds, he dies, and then is heard a cry in heaven, The astonished angels again upstart from their seats and they say, what is this? What is the cry that we hear? And the mighty maker answers yet again, it is the cry of blood. It is the cry of the blood of our only begotten son. And God upstarting from his throne looks down from heaven and listens. And what is the cry? It is not revenge, but the voice crieth mercy, mercy, mercy. Do you not hear it? It says, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Herein, then, the blood of Christ speaketh more graciously than the blood of Abel. Talk about the contrast. From, remember that from an Old Testament perspective, the sprinkled blood had special significance to these Jews. Because it was an integral part of their atonement system, sacrificial system. It was the means by which people got right with God. But no matter how much blood was sprinkled, it was not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Hebrews 10.4 Only the blood of Jesus, the immaculate lamb that was slain to take away the sins of the world, could do this. And yet, there is an attempt nowadays to set forth Jesus and Christianity apart from the bloodshed. For example, the modern use of the labyrinth. I know this is one of my pet thieves. As my wife said, my life is burdened with pet thieves. Uh, all of my thieves are pet, and I love to feed them. But if, if you see, have you seen the labyrinth? You walk through this little maze, and you meander around. You work your way to the center where you can finally meditate and celebrate fellowship with God. Now, I know the labyrinth dates back to the Middle Ages, but bear in mind there's a lot of things that came out of Christianity in the Middle Ages that needed reforming. Now, I don't know about you, but I could tolerate the labyrinth if there were a symbol, a symbol somewhere on the maze of being washed in the Redeemer's blood before you get to the center and make this symbolic fellowship connection with God. But let me assure you that the New Testament knows of no 
filial relationship with God except that which comes by the bloodshed. I have little patience with those who dare put this great truth out on the periphery, and I hope you do too. To speak of blood may make us uneasy, it may make us uncomfortable, but unless you rejoice in the blood that has taken away your sin, then the Christianity that you profess is not the Christianity of the New Testament. If you take away the sprinkled blood, you have silenced the gospel, says Charles Simeon. We will sooner have our tongue cut out than cease to speak of the precious blood of Jesus that one of the reformers, and you know what? He meant it. I want to close by emphasizing one last thing, and it's crucial to get this point if we're going to get the full force of grace. The apostle says the sprinkled blood of Jesus speaks more graciously than the blood of Abel. Not spoke more graciously than the blood of Abel. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our ears, are your ears open to hear the voice of Jesus' blood speaking to you this morning? Listen to it. Redemption, not condemnation. Mercy, not judgment. Blessing, not cursing. Your guilt, no matter how serious your guilt did not, does not, will not, cannot speak louder to God than the sprinkled blood of his son. You have God's word for this. Listen to the voice of his blood speaking to you. My blood is sufficient for you. My blood has made you clean. May God draw reluctant hearts and now give doubting souls courage to believe this for Jesus' sake. Amen.